0: The Matt Wyatt Show podcast is made possible by Mississippi Land Bank. Buying or selling, make sure you go there first. Online at MSLandBank.com. That's Mississippi Land Bank, where they understand the lay of the land in North Mississippi. All right, here we go. Hour number two of the show, off and running. Rolling along, I'm Matt. In the Farm Bureau studio, Farm Bureau, go with the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau Insurance across the great state of Mississippi. In all 82 counties, your hometown heroes, your Farm Bureau insurance agents. Hit them up, look them up, favorites.com. I'm Matt. JB is here. We had a fun time for a few minutes anyway in the first hour with uh, the homecoming queen, HQ. Who was it? Jackson, mailman on the country-pleasing text line, said, I think it's funny when you say, let me run it by HQ. It doesn't mean headquarters. No. <laughs> Annabeth was the homecoming queen at Ole Miss in 2000. See, and, and she's lucky that her glory days, the year starts with a two. Mine starts with a one. <laughs> See what I mean there? She's, she's fortunate in that way. Uh, hour two, just getting underway with you. I'm going to come to a bunch of your texts that we didn't get to in hour one. Uh, a lot of comments. But I also want to jump in on something that 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 I'm, I really believe strongly in, and I think a lot of people do. I don't really see the SEC doing anything about it. I don't know that they ever will. Frankly, we don't know. But Hummus and Oil, who's watching on the live stream, brought this up, and it originated on another show. And so I'll tell you what that is coming up in just a bit. Let me remind you first, if you want to be a part of the show, it's wide open to you. i just kind of put it on your lap. Whatever you want to talk about it's good with me. So call me on the Davinny Equipment phone line. Divinity Equipment, Madison and in Jackson, your Kubota dealer. Here's a number to call, 995-1059. It's a 601 number, 995-1059. Love to hear your voice. Hit me up on the text line, the aforementioned country pleasing text line country pleasing sausage on grocery store shelves throughout the southeast it is the best i caught the tail end of beaver telling chris brooks that he got he finally got some country pleasing sausage from me i finally made good on that promise and but i didn't get to hear what he said i think he said he ate the the blueberry and no he's got
1: it in his he's got it in his refrigerator he oh. said he was going to cook it, and it got pushed behind something, and he forgot about it. Okay. all right. So I think that's on tap for him to, uh, or should I say, on the, grill on the grill for him tonight.
0: There you go. Okay. Well, maybe we'll get a story from him tomorrow, whether he likes it or not. I think he'll like it. I had some more of the blueberry uh, blueberry maple flavor this morning for breakfast. It's really, mm-hmm. really good. All right. Uh, so the text line, 885-ESPN. Real quick here. Hog Jow said... I've never had the opportunity to tell your lovely wife what a beautiful person your daughter is. What a treasure. Thank you so much, Hog Yeah, I really appreciate that. We are um, proud parents, of course, you know, just about all parents are, you know, we're all kind of <laughs> a little biased, but the Lord has absolutely blessed us, and it's just unbelievable. You know, how how blessed we are and how undeserving we are all at the same time, it's just unbelievable. Beave's former neighbor, Steven, on the uh, Country Please in Texas, Yeah, Brooks needs to get some sports talk in since the last hour of his show was about fake bands and movies. He shouldn't get paid for today's show. <laughs> Isn't that bad? Uh, the best thing about all this, the reason y'all have such a good time picking on Brooks is because you know he actually enjoys it. He enjoys you picking on him like this. He does things in his show like that just so you'll pick on him. It's funny how he gets a kick out of that. Uh, Lynn, let's say, could you say we lost the bit uh, between Hill and Garrett? Yeah, I mean, that's two, heck, that's two really good offensive players that are not on the field for you right now, but, you know, you could also argue, Lynn, that maybe it's just a result of neither of those guys being a real good fit for what they're trying to do, I, you know? I, so I would probably disagree with that on the Hill side of it, but, um kind of where it is what's that old thing you spit the bit that old saying yeah uh unnamed texture said hail state hi to hq a bi-week winner i like it yep can't lose this week can you um let's see unnamed texter said matt is it true we may use the throwback uniforms of the onward and upward flying m for the vanderbilt game i like it and fits the with the air raid if it's running efficiently by then. you know that's an if yeah i mean that's fine i I don't really know um if that's true somebody (laughs) yeah
1: somebody last week wanted to know who chose the uniforms yeah
0: and you were like call them call the marketing office (laughs) (laughs) i mean you know tweet them and see if they'll tell you i i mean i don't know I probably came off a little rude. I didn't mean to. I mean, on the inside, I when it comes to uniforms, I always do kind of feel like, you know, the the Travis Tritt song. You know, here's a quarter. <laughs> <You> know, somebody <laughs> oh, cares. I just don't know. I, I don't know. I don't get that information. Um, it'd be cool, though. It'd be cool.
1: Mm. Yeah, that is a cool logo.
0: White Denzel gives a thumbs up and a vote for the Homecoming Queen segments. He says, yes, more Homecoming Queen segments. Okay. Noted got it. Anthony says, uh, do you think it's Cotton Hill's mouth that's getting him in trouble? Yeah, I mean, I don't know any details of what the conversations have been that caused him to get basically, you know, put out with the team and, and put off the team there for a week and now ongoing and now most people wondering if we've seen the last of him playing for state, maybe just Go ahead and and get ready for the NFL, that kind of thing. I mean, I don't know the details. If it was one conversation, if it was several things, if it was popping off, mouthing off, getting in arguments, I just haven't been around it. Uh, Anthony, you know, this is a different kind of year for me in terms of, you know, access and being around the team, just not around them as much. Uh, because they're kind of isolating them from everybody on the outside. or are not traveling with them, all that kind of stuff. So it's a little harder to you know, pick up on some of those things. I don't know. But, I mean, it's reasonable to think that somebody's not getting along with somebody. Somebody's butting heads with somebody. When it's not illness, injury, and it's not performance-related, well, then it's something else. <laughs> and that something else is going to be somebody's not getting along. Coffee Norman says... Matt and Annabeth, we have two daughters. And I can see them screaming more when the doorbell rang, like added to the drama. Somebody's at the door. Did the snake ring the doorbell? <laughs> you say I'm a fellow ginger hair head here too, Annabeth, although Matt and I think alike on most things. Yeah, Norman, I tell you that, bless her heart. Mary Lady saw the snake. Then she had to stay in the bathroom with the dogs until we took care of the snake. And it... And, the doorbell rings, and as soon as the doorbell rings, the dog just barks his head off. She screams. The whole thing was just hair-raising, <laughs> apparently. All right, before we get to this question that's on the uh, the comment on the live stream that that sparked a thought with me, it's about the Alabama-Tennessee deal, and we'll get to that. First up, though, on the Divinity Equipment phone line here, Ready Teddy himself. What's up, Teddy? Uh, two quick things. Can you hear
2: me? Loud and clear. Two quick things. One you'll find humorous. I've been married less than a week, and my wife has informed me that she wants to move to the Bahamas. Um, (laughs) That didn't take long. The
0: other one, and this is... What's that? I said that did not take long. Less than a week, huh?
2: No. She she got to the point as soon as I said I do. Um, (laughs) But the, the other thing, I know you were an Alabama kid coming to Mississippi to play college football, but and I'm trying to think of this, and maybe somebody else know without, without Google. I can't think of it. Other than Tyler Russell, in the past, since 2000, I can't think of many homegrown Mississippi high school quarterbacks that have had what I would consider a solid career at State or Ole Miss. Hmm. For Ole Miss, it seems for me like the last one was Romero Miller.
0: What an that, interesting that, question. Yeah, what an interesting question, Teddy. The last homegrown – Right here in Mississippi, go to one of those schools and then start. Well, it
2: may, the reason I'm thinking that's because of Will Rogers.
0: Yeah. Mm hmm.
2: You know, local stuff. Right. Of so, there was Tyler Russell, and then, yeah. I just don't know who else.
0: All right. So you said Romero Miller. Now, for Ole Miss, we could go back to Michael Spurlock, okay, who, yeah, he was the starter at Ole Miss for what? One year or two?
2: I think, a year and a part of another
0: one. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. He, he was from
2: Indianola Gentry, I
0: think. Right. And and I never did see him play in high school, but I've heard a lot of people say, boy, you should have seen Michael Spurlock in high school. You know, he's just an unbelievable was, athlete. Yeah. Um, and
2: then he ended up being a uh, kick returner in the NFL, if I'm not
0: mistaken. <laughs> uh, you talk about an unbelievable athlete. You know, you're, you're talking about just pure athleticism on the level of guys like Heinz Ward and Cordell Stewart and those kind, where, you know, you're a quarterback part of your college career in, in, in a conference like the SEC, and you get in the NFL and you're good enough to be a kick returner, you know, or a receiver, as it were, for the others. So Spurlock for Ole is Miss, you know, a Mississippi kid became the starter. You know, that's outside right. of that's that, that's right. you're right. You, you're bringing up an interesting point that there have been a ton of transfers at Ole Miss – over the long haul. You know, the last two years you've had transfers at State, which are really unusual. You look at the history of quarterbacks at Mississippi State, Teddy, prior to Tommy Stevens, you couldn't go back and find one, hardly, you know, a transfer. Right. Um, yeah. And so that's been unusual the last two years for State fans. They're not used to that. Ole Miss had a bunch of them, you know, if you go back. But that's it. You know, Chris, let's just – if you look at um, – Look at the Mullen years at state. Okay, the first guy who played for him, Tyson Lee, was you know a homegrown kid. He's from Columbus, but he spent two years in JUCO before going to state, right? So they didn't recruit him out of high school. Chris Ralph, who played for him, was an Alabama kid. Of course, then what, Tyler Russell, who you mentioned. Dak Prescott, a Louisiana kid, Nick Fitzgerald, a Georgia kid. And then Tommy Stevens a transfer, and now Costello a transfer, and now back to Will Rogers a chance be one of the few. That's for sure, no question. And
2: I and and that that not saying that causes people to pull for state more, but it'll it'll have some people in Brandon that are kind of indifferent. You know, maybe not as rabid football fans as we are mm. to kind of possibly pull for state because Will's there is kind of what I was getting to.
0: Yeah, I think there's definitely some yeah. truth to that. Yeah, good point, though. I hadn't thought of that, Teddy. Appreciate the phone call. Thank you, man. Thank you, and good luck with that move to the Bahamas. Whenever that happens. (laughs) Don't stop listening. If you go to the Bahamas, I'm sure they have the internet. You can tune in online. It's interesting. Homegrown quarterbacks. Yeah, Those are hard to think of. I mean, Southern Miss has had a lot more of them, haven't they? And Certainly in terms of turning them the homegrown kids. Yeah, probably the NFL. most
1: notable, uh, Austin Davis, as right. of recent.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Who stayed, and some others did not recruit. And then all he did is go over there and just develop right on into an NFL quarterback.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, when he went to Southern Miss, he went on a baseball scholarship. I and mean, a shortstop from uh, West Lauderdale. Crazy. Uh, yeah, yeah, we played against him. I saw him numerous times play. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, and he wa- he was a walk on wasn't even supposed to do much, and then all of a sudden he found himself in a starting role.
0: Yeah, and that's something. Yeah, didn't didn't even play baseball anymore. (laughs) (laughs) It's crazy how that stuff happens. You know, evaluating coaches who are the best evaluators, that really is probably an underrated skill. Uh, Very much an underrated one. Okay, um, I mentioned this. It was brought up here on the show on the live stream by uh, one of the folks who's tuning in over there, Hummus and Oil, watching on the live stream today. I missed this, um, but he says, Hummus and Oil says, let me go and, and find it. It was right when he tuned in, he said, I'm just joining in, did Matt discuss Paul Feinbaum trashing the Alabama and Tennessee rivalry? Well, I didn't see it, and so we had not talked about it yet, and... I asked uh, him, you know, what was said and his response was that the quote was, this is not a rivalry anymore. Uh, That being the quote about the uh, Alabama-Tennessee rivalry. Okay, so here's where it is. I'll give you some details. Okay. But I have a point. This is not just using your question, Hummus and Oil, as a jumping-off point to look at the overall series history and where it is and that kind of stuff. But I, I want to look at that, and we'll make a point. Windsopedia.com. Y'all head over there. You can compare two, any two teams in the country, look at their entire series history, look at a chronological timeline of each game and scores and who was coaching and longest winning streaks and biggest scores for each team in, in, the, in the rivalry, all that stuff. It's a really cool tool uh, resource for you as a fan and media as well. So, winsapedia.com, wins the letter i pedia.com. The overall series is a, uh, between Alabama and Tennessee. The 3rd Saturday in October. It's a big deal. In <clears throat> my opinion. Alabama 56 to 38. Alabama leads that all-time series. 56 to 38. Uh, seven ties that are in there, without looking them all up, I wonder, I don't know if any of those are like vacated ball games and stuff like that. I, well, I know the 2005 game was vacated. By the way, do you realize it was a six to three win for Alabama back in 2005? <clears throat> six to three? <laughs> anyway, so there's some of those, but 56 wins for Alabama in the series, just 38 for Tennessee. And here's the thing for years and years and years. In the early parts of this rivalry, you know, then the 30s and in the 40s and leading up to the 1950s, through the 50s, you know, it was kind of back and forth, but for the most part, Tennessee would have the upper hand. <clears throat> there was a stretch in the 60s when Paul Bear Bryant went to Alabama where they kind of took over the rivalry. Won like four or five in a row, somewhere in there, a bunch of them. And then... Late 60s into the early 70s, Tennessee won a few. And then in the 1970s, throughout the decade of the 1970s into the early 80s, Alabama just never lost to Tennessee. They had another winning streak in that rivalry from like the mid-80s to the early 90s where Alabama never lost to Tennessee. And then... Philip Fulmer got things going as the head coach in about 1995. Well, who was a quarterback in 1995 at Tennessee? That'd be Peyton Manning. He got things going in 95, and Tennessee beat Alabama in 95, 96, 97, 98, 99, 2000, and 2001. That was a seven game winning streak for Tennessee in this rivalry from 95 to 2001. Bama won one, then Tennessee won another little short winning stretch, three out of four, whatever it was. And then Nick Saban got there, and his second year in, or first year in Tuscaloosa, they beat Tennessee and they haven't lost to him since. Alabama's beaten them since 2007 every year. A lot of them have been blowouts. Okay, so you're talking about now from 2007 to 2019, last year, a 13 game winning streak for Alabama in the series. That they have absolutely dominated. It is the longest winning streak for either team in the rivalry. All right. So this is what I'm getting at to make the point. Hummus and oil. For someone like Paul on his show to say, "Okay, well, it's not a rivalry anymore." Well, that statement may be grounded on the basis that now is where one is where one of these teams. Has the longest winning streak going that it's ever had at any point in this rivalry, 13 games straight for Alabama. Okay, so to say, well, it's not really a rivalry anymore. Maybe it's grounded in that a little bit. Okay, right? Maybe they win this year, push it to 14. One team does have players way far and above. The programs are on two different levels. All right, but if you if you were to define the word rivalry is it is it strictly defined by well the game could go either way it's a 50-50 toss up well no <laughs> that's not how you define rivalry okay well it's not a rivalry anymore then if we're using the english language and we use the word rivalry then we got to figure out it's not just wins and losses okay for someone to say by definition it's not a rivalry anymore well what is it then has the passion gone away has something else gone away? What is it? And what basis would anybody say that it's not a rivalry anymore? Here's where people point. This is what people point to. That the idea that Alabama and Tennessee are supposed to play each other every year and that they are sometime a rival, it does go back to a long-standing historical thing where now older folks can look back and remember Years and years and years where it was a toss up and it was back and forth. People can remember the 70s when Tennessee won a few there, three out of four or four out of five or whatever it was. You know, you can remember that. But by and large, in my lifetime, and I'm 40 something years old, y'all, in my lifetime, Alabama has had three major winning streaks, long year after year winning streaks over Tennessee. And only one stretch. And that was in the 90s with Peyton Manning where Tennessee started a stretch where Alabama dipped and Tennessee won seven in a row. That's the only time in my entire lifetime where Tennessee's had really any sort of stretch of success against Alabama. So in that series, Alabama-Tennessee, it has been dominated by Alabama historically. It has been dominated by Alabama recently. Recruiting is now dominated by Alabama. The two programs are on two different planes. And so people that are in their 20s and 30s, they don't even see them as equal. And the idea that they should play each other every single year still resides with older people, not with younger people, not with players, not with current media. It's strictly older fans who look at things from kind of a you know, a historical standpoint. Now what that may probably need to jump off into is the fact, and it is a fact, Hummus and all, it is a 100% fact. This game, these older people, alumni and others, and a lot of people with money, and influence, who believe that this is a rival, who believe that the third Saturday in October between Alabama and Tennessee is a a brand and it should never go away and that people care. They're wrong. But they believe it. This is the game that is the reason we have the screwed-up scheduling model that we have in the SEC. It's the reason we got to change that. We'll talk about that next. Stick around.
3: Brace yourself. Now back to the Matt Wyatt
0: Show. All right, back with you. More bully wherever you are. (laughs) Hit me back later. Sorry about uh, having you hanging on there on the Divinity Equipment phone. Call us back later. Y'all text me on the country, please, and text line 885 espn 885 ESPN or 885 3776. 100 grand. Said, Matt, I just tuned into the show. Got some NFL tonight at the weekend coming up around here. Can you start the next hour off with some boom tunes? Well, it ain't the top of the hour, but it's pretty close. Close enough. The JSU Sonic Boom, Coming to America, the tune, on your radio, compliments of a request by 100 grand. Yes! Uh, Let's see. Yeah, we're talking about the Alabama-Tennessee rivalry. Uh, Chewmeister on the live stream says Tennessee had a huge upper hand when Peyton Manning was there, and they did. They did. You know, but that's really it, and... Again, I'm 43, and the only time in the series in my lifetime where Tennessee's had an upper hand was a few years in the 90s, while Peyton Manning was there, up until the well 2000. Well, and you got to
1: say too, man, that the uh, the coaching staff at Alabama during that seven year run wasn't wasn't the most uh, profitable for the university. It
0: was their it was their lowest point in in my lifetime.
1: Obviously. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, since their mid fifties, that was their worst stretch. Yeah. in
0: football. Yeah, but, and so Tennessee won a few there. The yeah. fact that the, I think what I'm not pointing, taking
1: away anything away from from Peyton Manning or T. Martin or Bill no. I'm just saying that stretch, you know, ninety five to two thousand one for Alabama just wasn't wasn't pretty.
0: Right. That's exactly right. It was not pretty. You know, I'm in college at Mississippi State during that time. We beat Alabama three out of the four years we played them. You know, and in those years, in those mid to late 90s, because of Peyton Manning and what you had going on with Spurrier at Florida, the East in those years was stronger overall than the West. People forget that also. Like the year that we won the West in 98 and played Tennessee in the title game, we were an eight win football team on the year. You played 11 games, so we were an eight and three regular season team. Okay, this is the point, y'all. This is what I'm pointing to. It's how things work in the SEC. It's really kind of how things work in the South. Okay? And it, it, you trace it right on back to the 50s, and they carried it on in the 60s and made it a thing. Because they could. They made it a thing because they could, and they did. And that is old people with money and influence at those universities had influence on the SEC because of the size of their fan bases and have just continued to prop up the idea over the last 40 years that this game is important. (laughs) Now, I'll be the first to tell you, and I believe this, the SEC has always been more fun kind of as a whole week to week when Tennessee is good, and they can beat some people and make some noise and that kind of thing. But I'm just telling you, there, there are literally two groups of people on planet Earth who think that this game is a rivalry and who still hang on to the idea that Alabama and Tennessee ought to play each other every year. And that is Alabama and Tennessee fans who either are old or look at the thing through the eyes of history.
1: Would you say that's very dissimilar to how some Ole Miss fans and LSU fans perceive their Rivalry, quote unquote.
0: No, it's not dissimilar at all, JB. It's very is it it is similar. But you know what? To the credit of those two schools, they gave it up. Right.
1: Now they play each other. They're also
0: in the West. That's it. They're both in the West and (laughs) they get to play each other, but the idea giving it a name, I mean, look, let's be honest, y'all. They put a trophy on this game. They tried the oldness folks did their darndest in the early two thousands. Um you know, two thousand three, four ish, when when they were doing, you know, pretty well and state was terrible. <laughs> and they did their darndest and they put a trophy on this LSU game. And yet you there are a lot of weird games out there with weird trophies, and that might be and still is kind of the weirdest. In fact, what was it? Two years ago LSU went in there and won it and just left the trophy. Just straight up left it. After winning the game. They didn't even know there was a trophy. I mean, <laughs>
1: Kind of like the trophy they have with Arkansas.
0: Sort of. (laughs) That it was so heavy nobody could lift it. You know, that sort of thing. But but the point is, though, to their credit, they play the game every year. It has the importance it ought to have. When teams are good, when it means something, it means something. When it doesn't, it doesn't. They don't prop it up. Most people don't prop that thing up into being something that it's not. Sure, there are miniature rivalries throughout the SEC. Ole Miss and LSU, right? Now, LSU and Alabama, I don't even call that miniature. It's just because recently they've both been good. Okay, but the rivalries of all rivalries are what? It's Alabama-Auburn. It's State-Ole Miss. Those are in the same division. But this Alabama-Tennessee thing, Tennessee has barely scratched. When you look at it historically, in the last 40 years, Tennessee has barely scratched in that rivalry. Alabama has dominated it. And in in anybody for that is really less than 40 years old alive today those people don't care if they play each other every year no if they the, say they do it's because Grandpa told me I'm supposed to care
1: well the other side too Matt is, is you look at two of perennially the poorest states of the Union. Each have two SEC schools. And yeah, don't make a whole
0: lot Tennessee of sense. Tennessee
1: only, only has one. Georgia only has one. South
0: Carolina, one.
1: LSU, Louisiana, only one. Texas, one. Yeah. Arkansas, one. I mean, yeah. So that those those rivalries are already built in. Mm-hmm. And for sure. Tennessee fans and Alabama fans to say that's a rivalry, then it just it doesn't. And, doesn't and hold whether water it's called,
0: my thing is whether it's called a rivalry or not, who cares about it being a rival? Y'all go ahead, do it. Y- you right. know, but, but don't make
1: everybody else pay the consequences exactly, for your
0: Exactly. It is irresponsible for the leaders in the Southeastern Conference to do what they've done. And I don't know if it goes back to Roy Kramer. I mean, I, maybe it does. But it's not so much the folks in the Birmingham offices. It's because they are so affected by the big money folks and alumni and names at the schools. At Alabama and at at Tennessee, they've had the year. And so, hey, look, you may put Tennessee in the East. Now that we go to these divisions, you may put Alabama in the West. But doggone, we play each other every year. And y'all better figure that out then there in Birmingham. Oh, okay. How can we do that? How can we? We got to make these people in Tuscaloosa and Knoxville happy. We got to put down a, draw it out here. Let's do a two division schedule where everybody rotates, but those two get to play each other now, because it's a rivalry. Right. Well, oh, all right. Hey. Let me let me let me act this out for you. Okay, well it's a rivalry, right? Well, but if we if we do this and they play each other every year and we call it a cross-division rivalry, we got to do it for the other teams too. We can't just we can't just do it just for them. That'll look bad. What are we going to do? Well, let's just let everybody play a cross-division rivalry game every year. But wait a minute. Not every school has a cross-division rival. Well, we'll just make one. Well, won't that put make this screwy thing? We're going to have teams that, like, you'll have generations of players at one school that never get to go and play at other places in the league. They won't even f- play each other for 10 years. Well, yeah, but who cares? As long as Alabama and Tennessee get what they want. That'll work. Well,
1: and, and since they're being selfish, let me be selfish too. I, I purposely left Vandy off the SEC in Tennessee because I, I just assume they're in the Ivy League. <laughs>
0: yeah. Vandy just does not, we don't consider them being a, a football playing school, do we? I mean, they, uh, well. Base, baseball and basketball. That's about all I got for them. They're a football playing school. But there's not a football school. Everybody else in the SEC is a football school. Maybe exception of Kentucky, but I mean now Kentucky's got money and competitive and a big fan base, right? So it's a little different there anyway, I mean the point is I don't i back to the original question, hummus and oil, here's the thing about it. Look whenever if you say to me that somebody on the SEC network is starting to bash. The Alabama-Tennessee rivalry. Call me cynical, but here's what I here's the way I read graduated that. from Tennessee. Well, here's the way I read that: <laughs> either those are marching orders, or there are hints that they may be getting ready to change this stupid schedule rotation that everybody agrees is terrible. Even coaches in the league will speak openly about it and have in recent years about how ridiculous the eight games in the cross division and rotate it and Either there's word floating down that that may be changing, so now it's fair game to go out here and bust it with a hammer on that show, or there's a personal axe to grind somewhere. On that show, a lot of the criticism that happens, (laughs) a lot of the praise and the criticism that happens, a lot of it's personal. (laughs) And you can just, I mean, you can take it to the bank. You don't have to believe me if you don't want to, but. If Alabama and Tennessee want to play each other every year, let them figure out how to do it. But by all means, stop holding the rest of the league hostage with its scheduling. Making A and M play South Carolina every year is the dumbest thing. It's stupid. LSU in Florida, nobody cares. It's not fair. It's not right. It's not good. It's not healthy. It's stupid. I'm going to do it because of Alabama, Tennessee. Y'all stick around.
3: Now to get back to our little talk. Right here on the Matt Wyatt Show.
0: Hot coffee in a thermos. I got a little left in here. I don't know if I have enough to last all three hours of the show today, but I got enough to get me going in this next segment here hot coffee if you've from got hot enough
1: to get you through the break man then you got you got seven minutes at the top of the hour you go get some more go make make <laughs> go, go make
0: go. a little more that's right High Point roasters in New Albany highpointroasters.com. order it it'll show up at your doorstep grind it up pour some hot water boiling hot water over it mash it down flat pour it out guzzle it down careful careful I want to sip on it and enjoy that hot that hot coffee. Yep, it's the real deal. Okay, y'all text me. Y'all text me on the country pleasing text line eight eight five ESPN or 885-3776. Blind squirrel sports watching on the live stream says uh, I thought Matt was about to forget his religion when he turned his hat around backwards. <laughs> I, I I do that. Um, I wear it backwards a lot. It has a a deal with me is like wanting to see it. I want to be able to see it
1: you know you said something earlier in the show today and there's that word again that you didn't mind people being religious about things i don't either i like to be religious about brushing my teeth <laughs> i like to be religious about wearing deodorant and, and yeah. eating and just because you do things religiously that doesn't make you good at them.
0: <laughs> right doesn't, doesn't make you, you do something and, religiously but it doesn't make you religious is that yeah, what you're saying?
1: And, that's right, and you can't lose your religion, no matter what Michael Stipe said. You know, <laughs> you just can't.
0: You just can't. That's right. Uh, Larry on the text line says, uh, "Have you had the? Says what flavor coffee? For me, right now, it's breakfast blend. That's what I'm I'm on right now. Breakfast blend. It's just the bag that I'm on right now, Larry. And he says, "If you had the blueberry cobbler flavor from Strange Brew, it's amazing. I have had it." And I really did like it. But for me personally, I wouldn't call it amazing because I kind of like some of the tried and trues a little more. You know, it's just to each each his own kind of personal taste. Coming to the phone line in just a sec, I did want to bring this up. Um, Mississippi Delta boy earlier on the live stream said, Auburn should go after Hugh Freeze. He was a thorn in Saban's side and was the one who got Saban to change his offensive philosophy. And that's right. As a matter of fact, that comes from Saban. A couple of weeks ago, I think I don't know if it was a coach's show, if it was another interview or what. I thought it was really interesting. We talked about it here. But he admitted it. He said, you know, that Hugh Free, he gave Hugh Freeze a lot of credit for what they did at Ole Miss and it convincing him at Alabama that they might need to change course with how they were going about things at Alabama. What they were running, how they were going to run it, how much they were going to throw the ball, the kinds of, you know, syst- not only the system, but the way they were going to recruit to the system with quarterbacks and receivers and all that kind of stuff. You know, instead of the you know, the running backs, offensive lines, and tight ends, and we'll win games with quarterbacks like Greg McElroy, it's, hey, let's go get Tua Tonga Valoa and five of the best receivers we've ever seen. And let's just light everybody up. Let's just have, let's have that experience at Alabama, without scoring people for you know with this style of offense, and so they, you know, he credits him for that. The only thing about it with Freeze is, look, there is no question that he is a good football coach. He'll get them in the end zone, right? Like showing you that at Liberty, get them in the end zone, and I and I think ultimately that's your bottom line, is for at a lot of places, is just get them in the end zone. I the, think
1: he has a great thought.
0: <laughs> the 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 bottom line also is get players. Yeah. yeah you know, well, look, that might be a good marriage. Auburn has shown you they got no issue doing whatever it takes to get players. You Freeze has shown you in the past. He got no issue doing whatever it takes to get players. And that might be the marriage there. The here's the thing though that I wonder. Freeze is different. than than just about any other head coach out there in all of football in this way. In that I think he continues to show that he will have and has a very hard time dealing with fans. Not necessarily media, but dealing with fans. The mental part of it is still the thing that I question. And look, it popped up again. He does some things that no other head coach does. You know, getting on social media, searching his name. He has found recently when the when his name has popped up in relation to the Southern Miss job. Fans on social media would say negative things when his name would pop up in relation to the Southern Miss job. Well, he, he's, he would go and search his name. They didn't even, like, send it to him. He'd go search his name, read that stuff, and then go behind in the direct messages and go directly to those people who said bad things about him on social media and strike up a conversation with them like try to make them feel guilty for saying that <laughs> it's it almost to the point of just being nuts and that's the thing is that stuff's out there and in these ads like at places like in the SEC that one part of his Personality and, and dealing with stuff like that is going to scare people off. You know that the inability, I think, to gracefully just kind of handle the ups and downs and the criticisms and all that—it's just like after the Ole Miss thing melted on him, and going to and ultimately his agent gets him on uh, Clay Travis's show, and he fake cried during the interview with Clay Travis. The inability to rightfully, gracefully just handle the negative stuff and all that that goes along with fans and everything, that's going to hold him back. He's got to get over that. But nobody cares what my opinion is, so I just gave it to you anyway. More Bully, hanging on the Divinity Equipment phone line very patiently, I might add. More Bully, thanks for calling. What's up?
3: Matt, I got a question.
0: Hit me. How did you? How did you ever get a play called? Well, let's see. You go. Let's I mean, I write. You just
3: said we're going to the phone line, <laughs> and you went on a drive for four minutes.
0: Well, you know, play call. <laughs> the thing is, in the huddle, more bully. I don't have to talk about Hugh Freeze's social media habits. I
3: know. <laughs> That's all I have a good to do, point.
0: all I have to say, is I write inside, lead left on two on two, ready break.
3: Yeah. Well, you didn't do that with you, that's for sure.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: <No>. Hey, <laughs> hey, uh, I'm glad you turned your hat around. I was sitting here watching the stream because I was going to call
0: you Pighead. You're going to call me what? Pighead. So Pighead. pig head. Pig head. <laughs> pig. <laughs> pig. It does fit. Look for so, the um, pig. I
3: think, uh, before I get to my point, I want to tell you that I think when you were singing hot coffee in a thermos, I think that's a hit. That could be something.
0: It really could. Yeah. Like a blues, like a bluesy, like a blues song. Hot coffee in the thermos. Yeah.
3: If you're not drinking just black coffee, you're not a coffee drinker. You're
0: exactly right. Amen, more bully. Round of applause on that one.
3: So, uh, JB, thanks for wearing deodorant, especially since I'll see you here shortly. (laughs)
1: Uh, I got got a new shirt for you that I'm wearing today just for you, unlike uh, the Vanderbilt shirt that Jake has on today.
0: He had on man. Penn State yesterday. Oh Lord!
1: What do he do? Yeah, he like did. what do he had to... do?
0: Like go to Goodwill or something and just rifle through a box <laughs> over
1: there? I think I think college. And you Carter know what had he said? On what shirts?
3: I said when I saw him. I said, man, I thought that shirt said Mississippi State. He had the nerve to say, no, this is a real football team. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> like what? <laughs> when have they been relevant? <laughs> Penn State idiot.
0: Penn yeah. State idiot. A real love football
3: Jake. team. That was just, uh, no. He got hey, listen to Joe here's my
0: point. Yeah.
3: I want to get serious for just one second and let you know something that happened. And, I mean, it's it's going a little bit religious, but I, it doesn't matter to me because it's, it's a good story. So I, I texted you earlier saying something about uh, that guy that with the goat getting over his ball. He laughed all the time. And I said, that reminded me of every time. Stinson told me a joke on the golf course mm-hmm. Then I'd get over my ball and I'd just start laughing. <laughs> well, Matt and J.B., this is dead serious, and I told him this. It wasn't five seconds, and Chuck Stinson texted me. Y'all hadn't even read it, and uh, he said he was sorry he did not talk to me the other night. It was a bad timing. And yesterday was a rough day, and today he will be doing a chemo treatment. Okay. So I just wanted to throw that out there and uh, get Chuck lifted up for his chemo and his recovery from that today. But, man, that was that sent chills down my spine when that happened. I told my wife, and she she said the same thing, gave her chills, and that, that was incredible. But that's how it works, man.
0: Yeah, no doubt. That's how it works. Hey, well, look, and I appreciate right, the info, uh, more bully. And during a commercial break, we'll uh, say a quick prayer and ask that you know for strength for Chuck today.
3: That sounds good, my friend. And right. uh, JB, I'll see you. And uh, Matt, you have a good weekend. It's my Friday.
0: All right, man. Thanks, more bully. Appreciate Later, you coming brother. back. Later. All right. Thanks for the call. Yeah, I got a little long winded there. I sure am glad though. The t- and the timing worked out perfect, more bully. See, I'm a pro, man. I knew that was going to (laughs) work. That's right. You know what you're doing. (laughs) I think sometimes. Sometimes it just works out. All right. Hour three coming up. And a laughable story from the world of NCAA enforcement. That's coming up in hour three. Y'all stick around for that. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Stay with me.